helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. This is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and today I will be speaking on the topic, Laban, the Narcissistic Leader. And we can uh, read about the, the life of Laban from Genesis chapter 29 through to chapter 31. And what we know from reading that passage is that Laban was a successful businessman. He would be considered a CEO of a large corporation today. But another thing we know from reading the narrative is that Laban was also a narcissist. And we see that from the way he treated his workers, the way he treated his family, in family members in the narrative. So I'll be using that narrative to highlight narcissistic traits, I think seven traits that is found in narcissistic leaders. And these traits are all going to be extrapolated from the narrative in Genesis chapter 29 to 31. And I'm doing this show today because I think it's very important for those of us who run organizations such as churches and not-for-profit organization to be aware of these traits because these organizations are also very prone for people who are looking for power and grandiosity. And they can wreak havoc in in church circles and in not-for-profit organizations, as well as very large corporations. So there is an article in the Harvard Business Review that is titled, The Incredible Prose, The Inevitable Cons of the Narcissistic Leaders. And the the article talks about some of the positives of narcissists. The, the the article tells us that narcissists for the for the most part are very charismatic. They have very big visions for organizations. They have grandiose ideas. They have the ability also to captivate and inspire others. They're often innovators and they are driven to gain power and glory. So this can make for success in business organizations, but it comes at a cost. So the article goes on to say that this, and and I quote here, charisma is a double-edged sword. It fosters both closeness and isolation. As he becomes increasingly self-assured, the narcissist becomes more spontaneous. He feels free of constraints ideas flows, and he thinks he he is invincible. And so that's one quote from the article. So we have this picture here of, of a charismatic person who has great ideas, but this charisma and this great ideas lead to a situation where the narcissist sees himself as as invincible has the person who can do no wrong. And this can wreak havoc on organizations. There's also another quote from the article that I find interesting. 
Quote, given the large number of narcissists at the helm of corporations today, the challenge facing organizations is to ensure that such leaders do not self-destruct or lead the company to disaster, unquote. So there we have here a warning that these narcissistic traits can sometimes lead a company or an organization to disaster. And as we look at the story of Laban, this, this very successful businessman that's, that, we are, that, that is found in Genesis 29 to 31, we see some interesting parallels between his leadership and the leadership of narcissistic people of today. So the first thing that we notice from the story in, in Genesis is that Laban had no respect for agreements or contracts. So in other words, he, will, he made agreements, especially agreements with, with Jacob, and he would go against the agreement that was made. We see that in the example of the agreement that Jacob made with him to work for seven years for, in exchange for the hand of his daughter Rachel in marriage. And that after that seven years of working hard and toiling, looking forward with joyful anticipation to the day when, when he would be, he, Jacob, would be marrying Rachel, we are told that when the seven years was finished, Laban said, oh, I forgot to tell you something, Jacob. We have a custom in this land that the younger daughter cannot be married before the older daughter. And so Laban had two daughters, and he forgot to put that in the contract, just so convenient. And so we see that Jacob was, was cheated out of the contract that he made it because Laban did not tell him what the custom was beforehand. He had him working for seven years without telling him what the custom was in those days. And so when Jacob was finished working for him for seven years, he said, if you need Rachel, then you have to work another seven. I'll give you Leah, my older daughter, but now you have to work another seven years. And so we see that he had no respect for the contract that Jacob had signed with him or the verbal agreement that they had. He went against it. And we see the same thing today in narcissistic leaders. They will use interpretation of contracts, the way things are worded, and the way things are even not included in contracts to go against the spirit in which the agreement was made. And and it's all always to their advantage. And they will use these loopholes to gain advantage over others. And it might be very good for business in some sense because they will they will have others work for them for free because they there wasn't a clear statement in the contract that any money would pay or they they might be able to talk themselves out of paying large debt. But in the long run, it is not good for 
business relationship. And we will see as we look at some of the other consequences how this plays out over time. So we see that Laban had no respect for agreements or contracts. And this is found in Genesis 29 verse 25 to 27. We see how he went against his word. The second thing that we notice from the narrative is that Laban was willing to sacrifice his family for his success. He hijacked the the wedding of Rachel and used it to get seven years free labor from Jacob. And he wasn't concerned about how Rachel might have felt. He was more concerned about that seven years of free labor that he could get. But he's also sacrificing his other daughter, Leah, because now Jacob is married to this older daughter that he didn't like, he didn't love. And so Leah ended up being being. This unloved wife in a marriage to Jacob, and so she felt she felt despised, she felt hurt, and we can just see her agony as the passage played out in Scripture. So he was actually sacrificing his daughters for financial gain. And as we read in Genesis chapter thirty-one, if we look further in 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 that passage or look closely at that passage, what we will see is that his daughters became resentful of him. And as a matter of fact, when they were fleeing with Jacob away from him, they they said, aren't we like foreigners to our father? Hasn't he taken the the, the bride price that was paid for us and used it for himself? So we see here that the seven years that Jacob worked hard for Rachel was supposed to be given to her as a payment that in the case, in the event that Jacob should die early or, or or die early in the marriage, that she would be taken care of because of that lump sum that was paid for her bride price. But we are told in chapter 31 that Laban took that money for himself. So, so he was very self-centered. He's thinking only of what's best for me. How does this benefit me? And it led to a situation where we could hear the bitterness of his daughters as they talked about him in Genesis chapter 31. But we also see that Laban was, the third point uh, is that Laban was heartless towards his employees. And Narcissistic leaders today are often heartless towards their employees. All they care about is the bottom line. How much profit did we make? And if you have to work 24 hours a day to meet that bottom line, they don't care the cost to you. All that is important is that the company makes the profit that they have projected that the company will make. So we see this heartlessness that Laban had towards his employees. And we see this from how he treated his best employee, Jacob. Jacob was a very good employee who worked diligently and brought great prosperity to to Laban. But when Jacob couldn't take how he was treated on poorly anymore and he was fleeing from the hardship he faced under the leadership of Laban, we got a 
picture into Jacob's heart, the suffering that he had endured for 20 years working with Laban in Genesis chapter 31, verse 38 to 42, when we read. And I'm just going to read those verses. And as as I read these verses, you will hear the emotions of Jacob uh, coming out, the suffering being made very clear. Jacob in, in in those verses said, I have been with you for 20 years. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. I did not bring your animals torn by a wild beast. I bore the loss myself, and you demanded payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or night. This was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night and sleep fled from my eyes. It was like this for 20 years. I was in your household. I worked for you for 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks. And you changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty Handed, and so that's where the quote stops. And and so we get a picture here of the suffering that Jacob had. How badly he was treated. His wages was changed ten times. And when he said his wages was changed ten times, he's not talking about I got ten pay increases. What he's saying is that you broke ten agreements. I had an agreement to work for you for a certain amount and you ended up changing it to your advantage. And so Jacob said, I even had to pay out of my wages for what was stolen from your flock by day or night. So even when Jacob was not responsible, Laban held him responsible. And so narcissistic leaders today are like that. They have they have impossible standards for employees, impossible demands are placed on employees. And they're, they're not concerned about the mental health of these employees. They're not concerned about what is happening to their employees' families behind the scene when they're asked to work for long hours. They're like Laban, who is holding their employees to impossible standards. And if you are a em- an employee in such an organization where you are not assertive, you will be worked to the point of a nervous breakdown by a narcissistic leader. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been using the biblical text from Genesis 29 to 31 to speak on the topic, Laban the Narcissistic Leader. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. The fourth point that we find in the passage about narcissistic leaders is that narcissistic leaders surround themselves 
with yes men. Laban had a lot of yes men around him, men that would not stand up to him for the wrong he was doing. And we, we, we see this uh, implied in the narrative because he was never challenged. So, for example, when he was arranging this wedding, we were told that it was a big celebration, that there were many people involved, and that there were a week of celebration, seven days of celebration. So there were a lot of people involved, and no one stood up to Laban to say, what you are doing isn't right. Jacob is expecting his bride to be Rachel, not Leah. And these girls were forced. Uh, if you hear their grievance that I talked about earlier in chapter 31, these daughters were forced to obey and to do what Laban wanted them to do. And so the yes men in this situation is the wider community, the other uh, people who were involved in in arranging that big celebration who would not stand up for what's right who wasn't who didn't say how you're treating Jacob is wrong and so maybe you're a victim in an organization like this where you're suffering at the hands of a narcissistic leader and you're wondering why is it that no one is standing up for me how is it that everyone turns a blind eye to the injustice that I am suffering. This must have been how Jacob felt. An entire community was, was complicit with the deception and the lies of Laban, even though they knew it was wrong. But we also see that his sons were yes men. And we see this in Genesis 30, verse 34 to 36, because when Jacob was making another contract. Yes, Jacob, you know, uh, took a long time to realize that he had to leave that job. So he's now making another contract with Laban. And in chapter 30, he said to him, you know, my wages is going to be the, the spotted and streaked goats. And so he had this arrangement, this, the spotted and streaked goats and the dark colored, colored lambs were supposed to be Jacob's payment. And scholars tell us that this would be about 25% of the flock. So Jacob was expecting, I'm going to work hard for you. I'm going to take in 25% of everything that, that, that you, you own as a result of my hard labor. But what happened here is shocking. Because we are told that after the agreement was made, and I'm going to read here from Genesis 30, verse 34 to 36. Agreed, said Laban, let it be as you have said. That same day he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted, and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them, and all the dark-colored lambs, and he placed them in the care of his sons. Then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob, while Jacob continued to tend to the rest of Laban's flock. Unquote. 
So what is happening here is that Jacob made this agreement. There are some spotted and dark-colored animals here, and they're going to mate with the rest of the flock, and I'm going to, to get maybe 25% of the, of the offspring. But what Laban did is that Laban took away those dark-colored and spotted animals out of the flock to make sure that there would be no dark-colored or spotted or streaked colored animals born to Jacob. So in other words, he was setting up Jacob to work for free. So when we hear Jacob pain in that is expressed in Genesis 31 that I read earlier, when he said, if God if the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. This is exactly the kind of thing that Jacob is talking about. But we know the story that despite all of these dishonest plots by Laban, that God blessed Jacob, and Jacob turned into a very wealthy man. So when Jacob was leaving Laban, he, he, he was wealthy. He had servants, he had camels, he had a large flock of goat and other animals. And he was also, Jacob was also a successful man. But, but Laban did everything to make sure that, to, to try to prevent, I should say, Jacob from being successful. And these yes men around him did not stand up to him. And then the fifth thing that we see in narcissistic leaders is that narcissistic leaders have this sense of grandiosity. We see this in Laban. When Jacob was leaving and Jacob had all of these flocks, Jacob had two wives because he was deceived into marrying these uh, Leah. And, and so he had Rachel and Leah as wives. And he had this large flock and he had now children to these women. And that when he was leaving, uh, Jacob, Laban said to him in Genesis 31, 43, The women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine. So in other words, he's saying, Jacob, you owe nothing, everything, all of your success belongs to me. Even your children that you, you had with my daughters are not yours. They are mine. And this is the sense of grandiosity that we see in narcissistic leaders where they think that they single-handedly are responsible for the success of organizations. They will take all the credit. It is because of their genius why the organizations succeed, not because of the hard work and dedication of the workers who, who do the brunt of the hard work. It's solely because of their genius. In another article called Seven Things Only Narcissistic do in business that is found in Forbes magazine, one of the, the, the seven things that they talked about in that article is that the narcissistic leaders make it clear that they know everything. So narcissistic leaders in, in organizations tend to behave as if they are the reservoirs of knowledge. They know everything. And so they behave in a way that they, they take credit for everything. So, so Laban is saying, everything 
that every success that you have, Jacob, belongs to me. And so it is today that narcissistic leaders, because of their sense of grandiosity, they think they know everything. They think they are the sole reason behind the success of the organization. And they will take credit for the work that you do, for the report that you you wrote, for everything that you did to to make that organization succeed. And now, now let's go to the sixth point. So the sixth point that we see in narcissistic leaders is that they have this tendency to self-destruct. Narcissistic leaders, their very sense of grandiosity and their their behavior towards others, the way they treat workers and the way that that they they behave in organizations lead to the, the destruction, oftentimes the destruction of the organization. And so we see this in the story of of Laban because now we have Laban has created this situation where his his key employee Jacob now has to leave and he's leaving with everything that is rightfully is and he's taking a, a vast amount of wealth outside of that that corp, that corporation and so the organization suffers because of the the narcissistic attitude of the leader and so it is in organizations today that narcissistic leaders will act in way that tend to lead to the destruction of the organization not only is laban losing uh the, the wealth, but he's also losing his child, his grandchildren. He's losing his daughters, and he's losing Jacob, his best worker, who was also his nephew. And then the the seventh thing that we find in narcissistic leaders is that they have this tendency to project their heartlessness on others because they are self serving, because they only think about themselves. And they're so self-centered, they tend to project that onto others. And so there is another quote here from the, the article, Narcissistic Leaders, the Incredible Prose, the Inevitable Cons, that I referred to that is found in the Harvard Business Review, where it says, quote, And because of their independence and aggressiveness, they are constantly looking out for enemies, sometimes degenerating into paranoia, when they are under extreme stress, unquote. So, is there an example of that in this story? Yes, we see also Laban getting to this point of paranoia because when Jacob is leaving, he is now suddenly worried that Jacob is going to come back after him and Jacob is going to to to, to kill him when he returned with a, with, with a, 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 an army of men. But we see nothing like that in the character of Jacob. Jacob is kind. Jacob is very giving. Jacob is amicable. But because of Laban's selfishness, we see here in Genesis 31, 52 and 53, where we read Laban uh, asking Jacob to take, a, take an oath that he would not come back to harm him. And he's saying, he's saying, make this promise that you will not come back past this heap of stone I am putting up to harm me. 
Whereas we know that the only person that was what that that had the tendency for violence is Laban. Genesis chapter thirty-one, verse twenty-nine. Laban himself said, "I have the power to harm you, but last night the God of your father said to me, be careful not to say anything to Jacob.' So God had to warn Laban in a dream not to harm." Jacob, and he's saying, I, I could harm you, but God warned me not to even say anything to you. So, in fact, that is showing us what is in Jacob's heart, and he's projecting what is in Laban's heart, and he's projecting that on to Jacob. So, narcissists often do that. They accuse you of the very things that they are thinking, the very evil that is in their heart is projected onto you. So, there you have it. I've talked about seven traits, seven similarities between narcissistic leaders of today and Laban, the biblical character, as found in Genesis 29 to 31. If you have missed this show, you can listen to it in its entirety by going to elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, and from there you can access our YouTube channel. You can also contact us by any of the means found on that website. If you are new to Elim, we're a, we're a counseling organization that provides counseling uh, from a Christian perspective, and we provide counseling at subsidized rates. So please consider making a donation that helps us to continue to provide the work we do. You can donate by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com, or through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash elimcounseling. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.